Hello and welcome to the Annotating Arts Education podcast. I'm Gigi, your podcast host, coming to you from the year 2045. We are lucky enough to have once again located an alternate temporal time zone to the year 2022. So for today's episode, we will be speaking with Koba Adwi, Head of Lifelong Learning at Lucas School of Arts in Belgium. With COBA, we will discuss disrupting systems of learning in arts institutions in 2022, especially in relation to hierarchies of knowledge, disciplines and subjects, as well as the role of lifelong learning and peer learning in breaking down barriers in education. What's more, COBA took part in this year's Footnotes Conference on Annotating the Futures of Arts Education, where this conversation took place, as part of the Commonalities Working Group. Now, let's jump right into the conversation. Hello and welcome back to the podcast with myself, Gigi. Here at the podcast, we're no stranger to locating alternative time zones through our radio frequency channels, but it's always a pleasure when we are able to locate such a clear direct line to other time spaces. Today, we are extremely happy to be speaking to Koba Ardui, who works in the realm of lifelong learning directly from the year 2022. Koba, I hope you can hear us okay over there. Could you please introduce yourselves to our listeners? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for the perfect pronunciation. So I was born in 1993, so that makes me 29 right now and 52 in 2045. Interesting. Hopeful. Um, (laughs) Currently, I combine a passion for music and theater with um, um, the development of the field of lifelong learning within Luca School of Arts, Mm -hmm. which is uh, situated in Flanders in five different physical spaces. Okay. And, and it um, offers everything from um, visual design to music um, to animation, m- movie animation, everything like that. So a wide array of uh, what, what art could mean and what art means right now. Um, in this space, I try to disrupt the bachelor's and master's degrees structures and everything, all the, the motivation and the standard target groups that higher institutions in 2022 reach. Mm-hmm. So I uh, work on developing a network with a lot of external partners, not just other institutions, but also companies, individuals, artists, um, and uh, and try to develop new programs and just listening to what what people people need and what what people are interested in and making this um, uh, institute of higher education really a meeting spot for very different people um, and also um, I, I work on a on a project that tries to um, develop some scenarios, a research pro- project that tries to develop some scenarios for the future. So I am very very happy <laughs> to be doing this ex- exchange and uh, really sending some signals the other way as well. 
Well, it really seems like we lucked out speaking to somebody who's already been doing some future thinking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it seems like your work already in 2022 is very forward focused, which is very exciting for us here in 2045. <laughs> and it's really fantastic timing that we've managed to locate a frequency to you today, as we are actually recording this podcast during the 2045 Footnotes Conference on Higher Arts Education. So perhaps this is a bit of a difficult question for you to answer, and I'm afraid I can't give away any future spoilers, but do you foresee lifelong learning continuing into the future and being part of, say, a conference like this in 2045? (laughs) So I might be a little subjective (laughs) to this answer, but absolutely yes. I think... First of all, um, in the rethinking of of what is learning and what role do institutions play in this, uh, lifelong learning is a really great example of something, the form of learning that can happen everywhere and with everyone. And that can be um, a a hip-hop artist learning on the street from another hip-hop artist can perfectly be this kind of informal lifelong learning without any structure Mm -hmm. that is uh, posed upon it and so for me that is a a very important uh, innovative part that lifelong learning could facilitate and I hope it does Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I see the future of, of, of education very much in these kinds of the creation of um communities um where hierarchy is really i hope it's abolished Mm -hmm. i hope there is no kind of hierarchy in knowledge or between learners or between a teacher in front and a learner in 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 the back but also between subjects and practices and um and really just that breaking down barriers i hope lifelong learning keeps being an essential tool uh, for that in 2045 because it also can um, it's also a way right now in 2022 to make education more inclusive and more equal. Mm-hmm. You, we, we create groups of, of people that, that there is a, a professional that has been in, in the working field for 30 years together with an 18-year-old that just started studying and they learn from each other. And I think that is essential. Right now in 2022, there's a lot of talk about globalization and about uh, the world is ours and the world is our garden but if we think about it really we are stuck in our context and in our subject and you are a doctor or an architect or an artist Mm -hmm. or and i i think lifelong learning can be really a tool to break down those barriers um I think that's a very optimistic uh, view for the future, and I and I applaud you for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's wonderful how you see maybe these these methodologies evolving into the future. And you you answered it somewhat in the previous question, but I am curious to know how lifelong learning functions within institutions of of higher arts education, because you speak about kind of hip hop artists learning from each other in the street. But how does this work in an institution setting? So. Right now, institutions have a long, long, long way to go. Okay. The regulations aren't there yet. I hope um, 
that, that is always something something double because it validates a concept but as well constricts it yeah. so right now there's a lot of freedom but also uncertainty in new lifelong learning activities um, as well as just the mindset of of uh, of, of people um, let me clarify I think people are still very much thinking in the way of um, uh, science and mathematics and technology is the most valuable knowledge you mm -hmm. can have. If you have a master's degree, you have achieved more than you uh, have a bachelor's degree. If you um, if you uh, drop out of school, then you have failed in a way, and um, that is that that mindset of being this uh, this this. Um, this way that people have to go to succeed, like having a master's degree and really doing that and doing well in high school and doing well in university, that um, that and and then quitting and finding one job for the rest of yeah. your life, that is really that is really for me that has really got to stop. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, in in that lifelong learning, uh, the mindset of just keep on learning in informal and informal settings, being open to other disciplines, to other people, to other perspectives, yeah. is, is really, it's, it's, it's really also referring back to my last answer, really essential in um, opening up your own world. And one quick example, um, right now there is, uh, we are working with a couple of fab labs and mm. what, that's what we call working spaces where different individuals from whatever background can come in and use the materials like uh, 3D printers that are very innov innovative in yeah. 2022. Okay, oh, interesting. Um, uh, they, can, they can use everything. Um, they don't have to pay to use the workspace, but they have to share the knowledge that they develop. And I think this is a great way of, of, of looking at it, uh, really um, affording the, um, no, awarding the individual their own uh, working space, yeah. but also bringing them together in, an, in, in a context where anything can happen, where any meeting can happen. And in that way, I think, um, coming back to the question, like um, lifelong learning, I hope, and again, this is me being very hopeful, <laughs> I hope it develops into a kind of mindset, into a kind of way of life and um, implies a kind of openness to all different worlds. And do you think the institution is perhaps in 2022 the best way to almost test this idea? Because via an institution, whether that be a university or an art school, you already have access to these different quote unquote disciplines. So mm -hmm. there is the ability to merge them. So do you think it, it acts as a good test ground before perhaps uh, being disseminated wider in society? Absolutely. Yeah. I think we can see some very shy careful examples of that now in in, in 22 and i hope uh, um, art school keeps um like taking the lead in these kinds of things and if it leads to it not being an institution like we we know in 2022 so that you 
um, drop the like the barrier for people to come in there because art school it sounds very woohoo mm. um, then that that is absolutely fine for me the form the the name we call it is is not important the what what is important is the way we we um, use all, everything around us and everyone around us to uh, grow ourselves and I, I think art school can provide that an institution like we have in 2022 can provide that but it is hard to um, to imagine that in 2045 it will look the same because we have a big discussion about education now being the same for the last 40-50 years we still have teachers in front of the class so me being hopeful as well as just hoping that those kind of archaic concepts are well mm. gone pushed it back yes 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 yes, yes. <laughs> i i really like this idea of, of the institution or the art school being a place that can be a space of experimentation and, and a testing ground as opposed to somewhere you you just come to find the answers and i i think lifelong learning is, is a perfect way to test these ideas and, and really shape these spaces into becoming something that's more open mm -hmm. and experimental and i i have a question that, that somewhat leads on to that um which is how do art schools contribute to societal change in 2022 and maybe you can also locate some areas where you think this connection between art school and society could be strengthened or improved in the future mm -hmm. um well i think the the interesting thing about the the art school contributing to society is already now in 2022 there is the this um this notion of that every bit of knowledge that you gain has to be useful for something mm -hmm. um we have 13, 14 year olds who complain about learning French or mathematics and saying, when am I ever going to use that? And there's this really kind of constricting mindset of everything has to be useful. And I, I think right now and hopefully in the future, um, art school or learning, learning art or, or being creative can be an example of... Um, of 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 knowledge that that has really that doesn't have to be useful because art doesn't have to be useful art has to be meaningful and i think that's a, a, a very nice um lesson that creatives can learn other other people mm -hmm. i think in some in some fields um lawyers and doctors are being teached like this very exact science you know and just being a little uh, being able to to improvise or step out of your own box or comfort zone or convictions is really really an important thing in that um, and I think that that space will will I hope that space will stay very important um i think the 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 problem i see is a little bit with integrating there's this kind of thought process right now where uh where people say art should be integrated with other disciplines okay, interesting 
this transdisciplinary um, context is obviously what I advocate for as well. Mm -hmm. But that should not mean that that is a way for art to become useful. That you don't you don't put an artist in a in a bank and give them give give them an, an assignment. Uh, to make them useful in that bank, you put an artist in a bank to just let them free and disrupt the the, the structures. And so, I hope that space will be used a lot um, uh, moving into the future. And I think that um, that that if we provide the space for um, referring to the hierarchy between knowledges. Yep. for also other disciplines to be open to. I could learn something from an artist that is not useful. The openness for that uh, should definitely be um, developed a bit more. And I think that you can do that through a lot of examples. There is, um, right now there is a, a, a bank, that's why <laughs> I used that, um, okay. that example, where um, we uh, sent an art student from from Luca, um, and they were asked the question: Are employees that don't have really c contact with each other? Mm -hmm. So um, we want to change that, and we want we want some kind of way to connect people, uh, not just through a formal or a useful way. Not like I need your expertise, but also I connect with you as one of my teammates. And that was the only thing that they were asked. And they came up with this kind of idea of uh, putting up a, a plant on every desk. And um, you were not responsible for your own plant, but for the plant of someone else. So you had to go in different offices um, and uh, the, your responsibi responsibility changed in, in different um, times, so you got to have contact with different employees in a very pure way. Yeah. Like, I'm coming to water your plant, yes. how are you doing? And I think that kind of ideas are are really, really valuable in, in society right now. Um, and I hope it opens up perspectives moving into the future. I, th I think it's a wonderful distinction between usefulness and, and meaningfulness, but also the way they can interact with each other too. I think uh, it, it seems in 2022, there's a lot of hierarchy placed on usefulness too. You know, mm -hmm, what, mm -hmm. what, what do we deem useful? Are there different levels of usefulness? Meaningfulness can also be useful too. So uh, it's really fascinating to, to hear you yeah, speak about the relationship between these and also different types of, of knowledge, emotional knowledge, social knowledge with the plants, but a multi-species uh, <laughs> knowledge there. So, yeah, my, my final question is about this idea of the knowledge commons. Mm -hmm. And um, firstly, I wanted to know whether the knowledge commons is a term that's even used at all in 2022. Mm -hmm. And secondly, speculatively, if knowledge commons reveals itself to not be as trustworthy worthy in the future as we initially thought how would you maybe suggest we go about a process of fact-checking or finding some common ground without causing polarizations I think um, polarization is a huge 
problem already right now and that's because in 2022 um, technology has developed in, in, in a way that we don't understand everything we cannot control everything and with the introduction right now which I'm sure has, has developed a lot more into the future of for example uh, deep fake videos where you mm. create a video of someone um, saying something which they haven't actually said so okay. you, you put an image in a video um, and, and make them say, say different things. This really confronts us in a way with, uh, with that um, trustworthiness, as you called it. So, um, yes, we, uh, we use the, the common knowledge and the commonalities terms right, right now. Um, we have done research in kind of the, the uh, communal creating and owning of knowledge and how trustworthy is everything. We are on a point where we are thinking about how do we teach our children to uh, be aware of where information comes from and what, it, um, how to value it and how to see if it is relevant mm. for, for yourself. And I think that will become m more and more difficult. Um, we obvi obviously just had a pandemic where all kind of conspiracy theories were flying around, okay. where you where you see people really struggling with what and who do I do, do I believe. So I think a way to uh, to fact check is just to be aware of different. Um, different biases from from different sources and also be aware of your own bias how do you interpret your own information um, what what sources of information do you use and what sources do you not use and I think the untrustworthiness is you cannot um, abolish that completely and there will always be different kinds of opinions and perspectives and, and, and information. Um, so just learn how to handle all of that. And right now we don't have a handle on it at all. So okay. I think um, we have a, a long way in, in developing a way for, our, for us as individuals to really um, get to that place. And um, being able to trust is also very important. Um, so don't start to be paranoid and, and mm. distrust everything, but just be very, very aware of your... Very critical. Yeah. Very interesting that the kind of utopian, but also dystopian qualities of knowledge commons are, are unraveling in 2022 and causing problems as well as solutions. Absolutely. Koba, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to reach you in 2022 from the year 2045. Before you leave, do you have a message for our listeners in 2045? <laughs> well, um, times right now in 2022 are challenging and I imagine things in 2045 will also be challenging. And in a way that's okay. In a way it's okay to, to be challenged and to face problems and to be in a world that faces its own challenges. Um, so I think my message would be like, there's a, a time to 
be engaged. There's a time to be serious and to think about problems and solve problems and um, learn from people and learn other people things and open up your own perspective. But there is also, and this is absolutely essential, time to sleep enough. Okay. Time to look, <laughs> just not do anything for a while. Time to have a great dinner or mm. listen to some fantastic music. And I think one cannot go without the other. So I hope uh, in 2045 we can still value a good book and a warm bath. Wonderful. There's a lot of wisdom <laughs> in that message. So I hope you're listening, 2045 listeners. Uh, Koba, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Annotating Arts Education podcast. Join us next time to further explore alternative forms of arts education and to see what other time zone spaces we might just tap into. Until then, it's goodbye from me, Gigi, in 2045. Take care. <laughs>